It's Hef, Sam, and Dan on the fan, on demand, with our hands, on the lamb. It's a podcast. It's the 10th episode. We made it, boys. Double digits. Ten. Look at us. Who would have thought? Look at us. <laughs> Not me. Not me. I thought we would have been canceled after two. But and funny enough, they don't pay us for this, so they're all okay with it. And they can't really cancel us. So, I mean. Well, we could get canceled. They could. We, we've said enough stuff off mic that we could probably get canceled. Yeah. Like internet canceled. Well, that's off mic, so it doesn't really matter. Also true. But we're back for another episode. It is a stacked show today. Because it's, it's a stacked time of the year for sports. We've got some Packers talk some and a little bit of Lions talk for you, Dan. Talking Lions, too? That's news to me. You want to talk quarterbacks? You know what? Fine. Whatever. We talked Lions last episode. Yeah, oh, well, I yeah. Guess, I guess, I guess we'll we don't want to be a Lions we can mention, podcast, We can mention we? him again. We're going to talk some uh, some NBA drama? Question mark? We're going to talk some spring training baseball and how the Brewers are going to win the World Series because they're 6-2 and two in spring training. But first off, you had a uh, a question for us, Dan. That's right. By the way, I'm Dan Plucker, executive oh, producer I guess I didn't of the Wendy's do any Big Show. Did I? Uh, right across from me is Evan Heffelfinger, the associate producer of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And next to him is Sam Schmidt, who has been more than a Swiss Army knife this week. He's been covering Bucks games. All over He's the place. filled in for me on the Big Show a couple weeks ago. He was on Chuck and Winkler. He's been all over the place, just kicking ass. So he's Sam Schmidt. Hey. And uh, I like just the hey. I think that's what happened last podcast too. Is I like did some big intro for you, and you just went hey. But I thought I think it's funny, so I like it. So segueing, Paul Bart. Paul Bart. First Paul Bart of the show. You're welcome. Um, I I was out with a couple of friends today, and we just started talking about our grandparents and awkward things that our grandparents do and our parents do. Because you guys are wholesome, or yeah, it was wholesome content. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't anything weird. Um, but a weird topic did arise and I wanted to ask it to you. So four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Right. How do you avoid kisses from your grandparents? Um, I just turn my head and like kind of like make sure they hit me on the cheek. On the cheek? Yeah, because so are your grandparents like lip no, smackers or not really? My dad's side of the family, yes. Okay. My mom's side of the family, she's cool. I actually just had brunch with her, it was her birthday today. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, so happy we had a birthday. nice little family brunch. But uh yeah, she's cool with hugs. Okay. I think we're all fine with. Okay. Yeah, see, my family, we're big huggers. Right. We're not kissers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And weird. especially, like, with my grandpa, it's always a firm handshake. Not in, like, a he's, like, a tough manly man kind of thing. I mean, he's a manly man, but, like, right. just kind of like a, hey, put her there. That's what, that's, and, yeah. And my grandma, it's a, a hug. That's pretty much it. That's how my dad's side of the family is. My mom's side, they are kissers. And... Um, I love them both dearly. I don't think they know what a podcast is, so they're definitely not listening to this. Okay. Um, so I can say what I so want. So you can say but, whatever you want about them. Um, they are kissers. And so, like, I have a 28, 29-year-old cousin. Maybe he's a little bit older. And he will still go right for it and There's give him a here. little peck. It's not like they're Tom Brady in it. Oh. It's just like a little peck. Mm-mm. But it, it's... It, it makes me uncomfortable. Not, I'm not gonna lie. It's weird. Yeah. And so I do the same thing. I, I go in, like kind of like I'm gonna go in that way, and then at the last second turn, so it's just a cheek. Yeah. Because I, I think if you just get, it's just too awkward. Not, I'm not in that realm yet. And they so, didn't used to do that, but they live in an old folks' home now. Oh. And I think they see, the other grandparents seeing their grandkids and family, and they do it. And so now, like, they started to do it, you know, like a little bit of appropriation there, like an old person's appropriation. Mm-hmm. 
Just be it, yourself. It's just really weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, is there anything more uncomfortable than that in familial ties? Then I don't then, think so. I think that is the most awkward thing. Maybe but, just the the like the annoying uncle. Who's just, who's just a little bit like, you know. Takes a scoop out of your plate without even like asking or saying anything. Okay, yeah. See, I'm lucky that my family, we're all normal. Well, about as, no- I mean, we're all messed up. But, like, <laughs> we're, we don't have like a ton of like misfits, I guess. Okay. So I don't like all the like sitcom stories of all, you know, the, the weird family members. We really didn't have any of that growing up. So. Yeah, I, I would say that I don't, I don't really either, but it's just like. That's just the one thing that I've noticed that is just uncomfortable about my family. So. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not a. I'm not a. My family's just not like a kissing family. Okay. But we're hugs. Like, I was just I'm a, yeah hugger. I'm a hugger too. I'm a phenomenal hugger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you the top five hugger of all time. I think I, I'd at least make the Hall of Fame. Maybe I don't. Okay. Don't maybe don't, don't give me top five. But uh. So just a side note, you mentioned Tom Brady. As a Michigan fan, yes. What do you think of him smooching his boy, just like, <laughs> just like tonguing his boy every night before he goes to sleep? Oh um, <laughs> am I wrong I though? No, you're not wrong. That that was a very unsettling That's, video. That was, that was like a year and a half ago I, now, which I is crazy. I could not stop laughing no, for minutes because he's just um, like gives him a quick peck, and his son's like eight years old, nine right. years old. It's not like he's a little. Brady's kid. laying on a massage table, gives him a peck on the lips. Good night. Brady's like, no, 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 that's not enough. Come back here, <laughs> and then he just lays a fat one on him. Yeah, that's that's that 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 goes right onto my point. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, very by uncomfortable. the way, uh, breaking news on the fan brought to you by Indeed. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks just beat the Dallas Renegades yeah. twenty-seven to twenty. Landry Jones, uh, her, it looked like he either broke his leg or tore his ACL or something. It's bandaged up bad. He was crying on the sidelines. We're, I'm going to be a little bit distracted. Not uh, the best week for P.J. Walker, but you know he's still in the front runner for the MVP. Starting right now, my Vipers play, and I have money on the line with Bart. On so, your XFL podcast. Which, uh, go watch it on the freeradio.com app. Uh, When's sorry, the next was, one coming out? Is that coming out Monday? Probably Monday. Yeah, I guess. tomorrow? All right. We're coming at you Sunday night, by the way. Yep. Uh, we had the weekend, a couple plans on Friday and Saturday, and today was uh, the first day we could all get together. So we are here now. And you know what else is here now? Perfect Paul Blart. Some baseball. Segway. We got the Milwaukee Brewers down in Arizona. Six and two start for the Brewers there. And uh, definitely a different roster than what we saw last year. Yeah. Lots of new names, lots of new faces, and uh, trying to put together some pieces to hopefully make a puzzle. And I guess that's that's where our first question comes in, which is going to be which player for the Milwaukee Brewers needs to have a better year from last year to this year for the Brewers to be a successful team. Now, are we saying like people carrying over from last year's roster or it could be some It could of the be new... somebody, it could be a new face as well. I mean, there yeah. are only a couple players back, so I think it's unfair. I think it's like 13 and 13 or something but, like that. But right. So so you have to include some free agents, but you have to also think of how these free agents played in the past either with the Brewers like a la Eric Sogard mm-hmm. or uh one of the other free agent additions how they fa- fared last year compared to what you hope they can do this year. So who needs to make a jump? Should we start with the obvious one that I think uh, from, this is my choice, but I think we can all agree on. Um, first one being Orlando Arcia, shortstop. Yeah, this yeah. is a make-or-break year for him. Definitely. 
It's and, crazy, though. He's only 25 still. And so far, he's playing like he knows that his job is on the line. Absolutely. What is it, three home runs already this this spring in six games? That's right. I think he hit his third. He He's crushing it. He's doing exactly what you wanted. He's doing what you wanted him to do for years. Yeah. I don't well, see, maybe not the home runs, but just being a consistent hitter. I don't see too much threat. Yeah, I don't see too much different with his swing. It's just uh, more did so. You, did you see that side by side video? I did, but it was. It's just the light kicks the same. The follow through is the same, pretty much. See, the only I thing saw, is, because I remember that home run that was against the Twins the, or the, the the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that home run his after his uh, after swing just kind of carried him to be a one handed finish. So I don't think that's really his every at bat swing. It for the most part. I don't know. I I don't think what it's, I saw is his swing was a lot more balanced, and I thought okay. that it. I thought the leg kick was a little bit higher and longer, so his timing's a little bit better. I think he was driving a little bit more through the ball instead of kind of just swinging the bat at it. I liked what I saw. If he's even a league average hitter with his defense, right? Just give me like that's a, a productive guy. Just give me at least like two seventy five, two eighty. Well, he's got to be a little bit worried because of the addition of Luis Urias. Yeah, he's yeah. he's playing like he knows his job is lost if. Urias comes back, or if he struggles. And he's hurt right now, Urias is. Yes. So he has this amount of time to prove himself at the spring training and potentially for the first couple weeks of the season that he should be the everyday starting shortstop. And if he fails, then they have somebody else that's going to take his place. Do you think he's ever going to move out of that eight spot in the lineup? No. Just just imagine. Not unless he gets really hot. I don't think so. It depends on who else is in. Like I kind of like Sogard hitting down there. No, it sounds like Sogard's going to be hidden in that top of the order. If Pena... Especially when they have a... If if Sogard is the leadoff hitter this year, I'm going to be so it disappointed. It should be Kane. Kane looks good so far on spring Well, training. that's that's who my guy is. I think Lowe Kane needs to have a better year. I think that I think that, that he one will, is like a, almost a guarantee. Like yeah. It needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Right, because, well, I mean, at this point, I mean, you lost your two stars in Grandal and Moustakis, and mm-hmm. Lowe Kane was brought in to be that... Robin to the Batman that is Christian Yelich, which we right. saw in his first year, and you're right, and he had yeah. that in his first year, and that's why the, that's part of the reason why the Brewers made the NL, NLCS. Yeah. Yeah. And last year, defensively, he was that guy, and yeah. right, he was a guy last year that had a ton of bad luck with right, he like did. he was smacking like, the ball Ryan just Braun right bad at luck. people. Yeah, no, it it was it was rough to see because he, you're right, he was hitting the ball well. It was just the fact that it wasn't landing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't landing in the field of play. They were, people were making great catches, and and then his and his strikeout also, rate was worse, his walk rate was worse, right? And he was also a little bit banged up for oh, pretty much the whole season. He, like he was dealing with stuff. At uh, when we were me and Austin were at uh, Brewers on deck, he said that he finally just felt like he recovered from all those injuries. That's crazy. Because it was a, it was like a knee injury. I think there was like uh, I think it might have been a back injury too. But yeah, I mean it's crazy to think that that whole off season, like well, only I mean, like you, a month or two ago, he like finally thinks he's like fully recovered. You watched him last year, and if he wasn't at a full out sprint, he was limping yep. hard. Right. And to be fair, that's kind of how he always is because he's kind of a a weird athlete. Like I've never seen a man. Yeah. With a swing like his, that's kind of unorthodox. His throwing motion is really unorthodox. Right. He's, he reminds me of like a Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence. Yeah. Where yep. everything he does is unorthodox, but it works. Yeah, especially the way he throws. So I, I'm happy that he's he thinks he's healthy. Right. So and he he needs to play like he's healthy because he's a guy that you worry about his game aging because he wasn't a power hitter. He was a contact speed guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And he showed us he still had the speed. Even yeah. if he was hurt, he was still, his sprint speed was incredible. 
His defense is still incredible, which is one of the things that made him what he is today. It's just, can the bat follow? That's what the Brewers need. I'm not worried about Locaine bouncing back just because I think him being healthy and going into the season healthy. A little bit of ASMR up in here. But I'm not worried about Locaine as much because I do think with him being healthy that that will give him pretty much all he needs to do to bounce back at the plate. The defense, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I sure hope so. Arcia, I'm just hoping that what I see in spring training can carry over. Then uh, the other guy for me, or multiple guys, one of these three players needs to hit, and that's Lynn Bloom bouncing back from what the atrocity he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right. Going to Korea and being a good player and now. Developing a splitter. Correct. And now being a starting pitcher in the Brewers' rotation. Freddie Peralta. Mm Mm-hmm. Who the Brewers just signed to a five-year, he needs fifteen to show million dollar that he contract? Can at least be a little bit worth that extension, right? And he he showed that he can pitch in the bullpen too, which helps but. solidify that. But if he can be a starter and yeah. like a, a two, three, four, anywhere in that range starting pitcher for the Brewers for the next five years, and they're paying him three million bucks a year, That's that a is steal. a steal. That is a steal. Yeah. And last but not least is Corbin Burns. Yeah. Yep. Because what he was in that playoff run. Two years ago was special. Instrumental. He was a huge part of it. And if the Brewers can have a lockdown bullpen like they did that season, if they can go Burns, Hader, Knable to close out their bullpen. And throw in David Wallace well. David Suter, maybe. David Phelps. Suter. They uh, could have a Claudio. they could have a top five bullpen in baseball if Absolutely. all of these players pitch to their it's a big ability. F. It's a big F. You're right I mean, because there's a lot of question marks in there, but they have the pieces there where they can have one of the better, if not one of the best, bullpens in baseball. It's season. good that you brought up Knable because that's one of my big names. He we all know in 2018 he struggled a year after being an All Star. He went back down to the minors, came back and was lights out in that postseason run. Then obviously tears his UCL, has the Tommy John. We don't know what to expect from him. He's not no. supposed to be back until May, uh, right? Yeah, like, yep, May. So can he step right back in and become the dominant guy that he was? Mm-hmm. That You need that because at this point, there is also the chance that the bullpen is just Josh Hader with the long relief of... Alex Claudio we forgot about too. Yeah. Who's in but, there? So do we really want to rely on three lefties in Suter, Claudio, and Hader? Isn't Wall a lefty too? No, he's a righty. Oh, is he? Okay. Uh, but And Bobby Wall, like I saw him pitch today. Uh, he He's a flamethrower, mm-hmm. but you know that with flamethrowers, the problem is their consistency. And accuracy. And accuracy. And so you worry about that. I love the David Phelps signing. Love it. Because that it's an under-the-radar kind of move. It's cheap. It's a David Stearns move. You buy a little bit low on a, a relief pitcher who's done it before, adds at the very least some depth mm-hmm. to the, the bullpen. But to me, it, it all comes down to Corey Knable in the bullpen. If he can come back and be the all-star pitcher that he was, you have a good bullpen again. I'm so nervous about Knable. Because me too. Because on one end, when I was at Brewers on deck, he was saying that he was watching and following pretty much what Suter did for recovery from Tommy John, like verbatim, and he was really encouraged with what Suter did when he came back. Because right. really, when he came back, Suter, that's pretty much best-case scenario you can ask for, right. coming Correct. back from Tommy John. But on the other hand, the thing that worries me about Knable with Tommy John happening is 
he's so, I mean, he only has two pitches, the fastball and the curveball. Yeah. And we saw that even before he got injured, the league was starting to figure him out and starting to tee up on that fastball. And we just don't know how what the life is going to be on that fastball when it comes back. Well, and that's the problem with him following in Brent Suiters. They're completely different pitchers. Absolutely, yeah. Brent is a get the ball, get the sign, throw it, go quick, don't have a lot of speed. Maybe you have a, a couple of pitchers that have a little bit of movement. You get some ground balls, you get some flyouts, you get into the dugout, three up, three down. That's his game. That's not Knable's. Knable is an right. overpowering I'm going to throw 98 right by you, and then I'm going to drop drop a knuckle curve, and you have to decide to hit it. Yep. Right. It's very hater-esque mindset. Yeah. Right. And that's that's how most bullpen guys are. Right. Yeah. Brent Suter is a starting pitcher in a reliever's Absolutely. role. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I don't expect him to make a shot at the pitching rotation, but, I mean, if worse comes to worst, maybe there's a chance. I could see Council like on a couple days too of him being like the opener and he'll the start opener, like right. two, two, three, or three innings. innings. Yeah, I feel like that'd work out really well. Brent Suter is going to be an instrumental part to that team. What's yeah. What's important, I I guess, to mention here is, I mean, the starting pitching isn't strong. It's not strong. They no. have it has the possibility. You're right yeah. to be but, strong, but looking at it right now at face value, it's I'm not, not strong. No. Right, but. On the bright side of that is that there are a lot of arms and there are a lot of good arms yeah. that Council is going to be able to use. It's a David Stearns roster because it's yes. just depth. And it's a Craig Council roster. It's, it's depth. It's exactly what Council wants in terms of his mindset when it comes to pitching. Now, it's interesting to see what the— Touchdown! <laughs> Tampa Bay Vipers. Let's go! All right. So All right. So it's going to be interesting to see— how council maneuvers the three batter minimum rule this year. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see that. I'm, because I'm thinking he's going to come up with something Yeah, that it, it's just going to be another something across the bullpen that's going to break baseball again, and they're going to get all pissed off well, and make another rule. So it's, That'd be awesome. It's three <laughs> and end of an inning. And correct? end of an inning, right. So, I mean, you could have some your starting pitcher in there, and then, you know, with the last batter coming up, you could throw in a left-handed pitcher to face a left-handed batter or vice versa he'll find some way to do he'll, it he'll find we ways might, we might see some pitchers play left field or some dumb thing Ooh, like that. i didn't even think about that the Double cubs switching do, them cubs do that a lot yeah yeah that's true i mean I, I he's gonna find a way to get something going i think and it's gonna be a lot of fun breaking news on the fan bart just texted me okay okay <laughs> so did they did they go for a two or a three no because every single team is stupid go for two or three yeah they go for one. You're from like the five yard line. You're stupid. It like Bart was he crunched the numbers. It makes sense to go for three every, every single time. time. You're right, it does. I don't know. At why, the very least go for two. These teams in the XFL don't figure that out yet. And then they run these stupid running plays from the two yard line that everyone knows is coming and they never get the one point conversion. You go for two so you can at least set up a a pass or something. Right. And so, if you get the three point, it's half of a touchdown. Right, you're an 18 point game is a two score game. That's, That's nuts. So baseball, do we let's move to uh the uh the field a little bit. Can we uh just touch on one more guy that you mentioned before before yeah, yeah, you yeah. segue Go real ahead. quick? Um cuz I, I I really right. I really you're buying into it. I love I it. I have bought in. I think that Freddie Peralta finds his way back into the rotation. I think he does too. Especially I think the, with the money they committed yeah. shows that he's going. Well, the slider too. Well, that it, he added it, that to the pitching It might repertoire. be eventually. It might not be right away. I no, don't know if he's going to yeah. be the five guy right away. But if somebody else is struggling, or I mean, 
it's going to happen. An injury happens to somebody. Mm-hmm. I think Freddie Peralta will move in there, and and then he's going to have to prove that he should stay there. That's I, all I wanted from Freddie last year was just a little bit of a mix-up, whether it be him throwing his change up a little more, you know, just to switch it up between the fastball and the curveball. And I haven't seen the slider too much yet in spring training, but, hey, if it works just a little bit and, you know, he can go that extra two innings, mm-hmm. man, I think he could move his way back up to like number three in the rotation i really do i hate to say it but i think adrian hauser ends up out of the rotation really? by mid-may really because he's probably the number two right now he's slated as the yeah. number two on brewers.com he's been looking good too in spring i mean i just i think i don't that, know i don't know if I I think agree he's, he's been getting one. a lot of swing and misses i and i hope i'm wrong because he he had some poor moments at starting pit as See, a starter last year i'm and expecting he lights out as a in the bullpen. Yeah, his numbers in the bullpen were crazy. But, I mean, there were also games that showed a lot of promise for him. Yep. It's not like he he was, you know, throwing bricks out there every year. Right. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong. Because if he can continue to be a number two starting pitcher, the Brewers are going to be pretty good. The game he I threw just, up in, he went like six innings. And yeah. One earned run. Right. I forgot I'm who just, they were playing, but. I don't know why they traded for Eric Lauer. A 24, 25-year-old who has three years of starting pitching experience in the major leagues, and they're not going to use him. Now, it's it's all the David Stern's depth thing, right. but do we move Eric Lauer to AAA? Or do we keep he him up as a long there. reliever? He might start there. That's such a... but, I, but Like, it's so... But I don't know. But the the main focus of that deal was Urias. It was not Lauer. Yeah. I agree. I think so. I think to... I think they were trying to get Urias. I don't think they were trying to get Lauer. Yeah. I think Lauer was kind of just a, a like a Chris Middleton. Throw like in. this is a throw in to match pitcher for pitcher because you're giving us Davies. We'll take Lauer. Yep. I mean, the thing is, you can't put Lauer in the bullpen because no. you already have a left-handed long reliever right. in Brent Suter. Right. Which means he's starting in AAA. And I don't think that should be something that worries Brewers fans. I no. don't. I yeah, I, I it's it's so, I don't know. It in a way, I feel almost bad for Eric Lauer because he has those three years of pitching experience, right? And he wasn't terrible. No, but he just wasn't great either. And I think that the Brewers think that they have more starting pitching depth up in the majors right now than a lot of the fans think they do. And I agree. I think. Now that I'm talking this through, this is all like I've thought about none of this, and this is all just thoughts coming to my head. I'm scared about Josh Lindblom. Yeah, from what yeah. I've seen this spring training, nothing has been making me go, oh, well, you know, maybe he turns it on in the regular season, stuff like that. He's been getting roughed up. Man. I'm just worried that lightning doesn't strike twice and we don't get another really good Korean, Korean baseball player. player. How much are we, How much are the Brewers paying him again? Uh, $9 million guaranteed over yeah, three so years. It just sucks because he's like, you're, you have to guarantee him those spot in the rotation but it just from what i've seen it just doesn't look like that's he he's the it. biggest wild card for me too yeah i mean if there's going to be anybody that's going to lose their job first i think it's going to be Lindblom. i think like him and anderson are going to be battling for like the back of the rotation yeah four and five we'll see should be fun season they're going to be a good i think they're going to be a pretty yeah pretty decent team i'm uh, i'm drinking the kool-aid yeah you're I drinking am. the kool-aid now i think i'm sipping on it i'm not like Every, Full on drinking it, but I'm sipping it. Every time I talk Brewers, it's like my win projection goes up one every single time. 
So what like you I, at now, I started, like I started at I started at seventy eight and eighty four, and now I'm like at eighty six. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting at eighty three. It's just the excitement because you know the season's coming and you want him to be that I'm good, so and you want him to be that Guys, good. Right? Words can't describe how excited I am for Avisayo Garcia. I'm pretty juicy. I, I think he's gonna have a great. I think man. he's gonna have a monster season I, too. I need him to because the fact that we didn't spend that ten million dollars on starting pitching. Wait, yeah, or I mean, on a third baseman, or on a third baseman. If he's cough, gonna have to Eric Sogard, cough. Yeah, I'm not excited about Sogi this year. What a just so to put a bow on this. Pit, let's kind of do what uh, Chuck and Bart did a couple of days ago on the fan, oh. <laughs> right? Um, just to kind of like wrap this up. Where do you add the Brewers? Let's do a quick like NL Central preview of where you guys think all these teams are gonna finish. Because for me, I think the Brewers finish third place. I'm gonna go. Uh, Cards, Reds, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates. I'm going Reds, Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going. And you have them at 86 All right, wins. So I guess I have them. At, <laughs> I guess I have them at 78 still. I'm going. <laughs> all right. I'm going. I'm not buying into the, all the free agent hype, but I do think the Reds finish first because I think Luis Castillo is going to have a NL Cy Young esque year. So I'm going Reds. He's really good. I'm going Reds, Cardinals, Brewers. My thing with the Reds. People is, sleep on the Cubs though. That roster is still. I just so don't buy good. into their pitching though. That's the only thing. True. Especially their yeah, bullpen. Especially their bullpen. That's what I'm worried about as yeah. well. The offense, yeah, it's great. Still there. Cardinals just have that experience, man, and yeah. they're and just they, always there. And then there. they always they're the co- have. They're the cockroach of the NBA. Uh, MLB. MLB. That and then they have five top prospects in MLB's 100, and it pisses me off because they're always good forever and ever, and it's never going to change. They have an endless cycle of being good. I hate it. I'm sorry. The St. Louis Cardinals are my least favorite sports franchise. Well, should we talk about your least favorite NBA my player? My second favorite, or second least wow, favorite you're killing it on NBA this. franchise. Paul Bartz. Paul Bartz. The Houston Rockets. Houston, you have another problem. And his name is James Harden. And we'll talk about him right after this. Giannis Antetokounmpo makes a joke on the air about, uh, I want to take someone who can pass. I'm taking Kemba Walker instead of James Harden. I was more assist to him, I think. You ranked 10th in assists going into the All-Star break, and Kemba ranked 36th in assists going into the All-Star break. So I, don't see, I, don't, I don't see what the joke is, but I don't even, I, I didn't even see it. You know, I, don't, I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, I just know none of them can mess with me. <laughs> well, Daryl Morey, your general manager, had a great line to kind of address all of that. He said, being different doesn't really get appreciated until it works. Yeah, or when I'm done. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done, um, you know, they'll appreciate it more, you know, but I wish I could just run, run and with seven feet and run and just dunk. Like that takes no skill at all. <laughs> I got to actually learn how to play basketball, how to have skill, you know. I take that any day. Do you think that in the end, a title is going to give you the respect that you think yeah, you deserve? I mean, it is, and I will get it. You feel confident about that? Yes, very. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I love And that was my least favorite NBA player, James Harden, on Giannis Antetokounmpo. I guess just start straight up. Do you guys agree with James Harden? Excuse me. No. Are you kidding me? Is that a real question? Is that really the question you're asking That is us? the kind of question that we would post on Twitter and get burned. 
Yep. 100% burn. Oh, there's been so many tweets in the past couple of weeks where I've been like, as soon as I like press tweet, I like close my eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's going to get ripped See, apart. See, I've decided that I've t- I'm taking a new persona on my Twitter account. Okay. And that is, I'm going to reply to all of the stupid comments on the Wendy's Big Show. I saw you okay. started on the Austin Hooper. Yeah, Austin yeah. Hooper. A guy said, Put him in his place. why would you want Austin Hooper, another old tight end? <laughs> and I was like, old. He's 26. He's 25. He turns Ooh. 26 this season. So okay. I messaged I messaged back, and I was like, hmm, I don't know why you'd want, you would want Austin Hooper. I mean, he's only 25 years old, already has played under Matt LaFleur, and just had his most productive season in his career. But, you know, I did a little shrug emoji. Yeah, what do you know? What do I know? A little yeah. shrug emoji. It, it got like eight likes, which was more go. than the post itself. So there you go. being salty gets the win. Apparently, I mean that's how Bart's made a career. That's it's true. Twitter in a nutshell. Uh, it's true. So that's that. I've decided that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into the mentions during the big show as the executive producer of the Wendy's Big Show, Daniel Plucker at Dan Plucker on Twitter. I am uh, Evan Heffelfinger, the associate producer of the entire Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. It's I I hate that title. The entire, I like how you add the word entire. I just, all right, I don't want to say some things that are going to get me in trouble. Uh, my Twitter is at EvanHeft25. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm Sam Schmitz. I'm the Taysom Hill of 105.7 FM, the fan. Ooh. Ooh, nice. Are you a franchise quarterback? I am. I I am. And if you're not going to pay me like a franchise quarterback, <laughs> I won't leave. You mean that $26,000 a year contract you sign as producers? But I'll just be very disappointed. So. But. I'm Sam double underscore Schmitz. Oh, double underscore. I didn't know that. I didn't want to, but. Throw the flag, ref. You know, Sam underscore Schmitz is already So in case you guys aren't realizing, if Evan just makes these random comments throughout the show, um, he is watching the XFL right now, um, which is he's he's probably one of the 10 people in Milwaukee that are watching it. Yeah, the ratings are bad in Milwaukee. Really, 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 really bad. Almost like we don't have a team. We uh, had it on the Mecca. Did you? Yeah, we nice. got the XFL okay. games on. Yeah, Sam works down at the Mecca in downtown uh, Milwaukee. I work at Home Depot. And I work at Mason Brew, Michigan yeah. sports fan page outside Part-timers. of this. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm going to get myself back on track. Now, do I get a little bit of what James Harden is saying? Yes. Yeah. From a degree. It's like, like it's, 1% of what he's saying is correct. There's a little bit there, but he's just he's discrediting so much that Giannis so does. So much. And it's, because okay, it's, first, 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 first. I want to comment on James Harden saying that what Giannis has and what Giannis does is a lack; doesn't take any effort or skill or skill. Um, skill, okay, skill. He can say what he wants about skill. I'm just going to focus on the effort part of this. When Giannis Antetokounmpo was dra- was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. at 17 years old, correct? You, yeah. Or 18. 18? Mm-hmm. 18, whatever he was. He was 6'8"? He eight? was like 6'8 and the weight of Sam Schmitz. And like 170-ish pounds? He mentioned this on Friday. We got the audio bit if you want to hear from it. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, I came into the league, I was 180 pounds. And uh, if you told me, you know, seven years ago that if, uh, you know, we'd be 51 and 8 at the time, this is after the Friday win, we'd be like 51 and blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And now he's what, 230? He's uh, 6'11". I think he's a seven-footer. Probably, yeah, give him 230, 240, and he is jacked. Like, Pure you look, muscle. You look so at you're the telling pictures. me 
that Giannis put on 50 pounds of muscle and he's given no effort to what he is. Right. That is a garbage take. And James Harden, he's a little pudgy. He is. He's yeah. not he is not in shape. Well, he it's a lot like Marcus Smart where you have to have a little bit of heft to you. Right. Yeah. Because with the way that you flop and flail, you're going to take some hard falls that you, you know, did to yourself. Right. So you need to be able to have some cushioning to land down. But the Which fact he that he goes at the thing. effort side of things is just mind-boggling to me. Because not only did he put on all that weight, but it takes a lot of effort to learn an entire different culture. Right. He came from Greece. Yeah. He learned a language. Ba- barely speak, spoke any English. And now he is pretty much fluent in it. Yep. Knows our culture. Has mm-hmm. branded himself as the superstar of the NBA that he is. That was an and impressive something oh. happened over there. In the so just a really they, they fumbled run. the snap. A running back picked it up and ran it for 25 yards. There you go. Read so, my rant about Giannis. Thanks. Sorry. Guys. No, but, but I completely so, agree with what you're saying. So that, that part of it just to me is just so idiotic on James Harden's part. Yeah. So I tweeted about this a couple days ago. Uh, one of the quotes was from James Harden was, I wish I could just run and I was seven feet and run and dunk. That takes no skill at all. I quote tweeted and said, if I was funny and charismatic, I'd be a successful media personality. If things were different, it'd be different. Like, think about it. If James Harden was 7'7", with a shot like he had now, he'd be the best player in NBA history. Right. If I had a million dollars, I would be rich. If you were a woman, you would be a woman. If things were different, it'd be different. But that's not how it is. James Harden, you are 6'6", and a little crybaby bitch. You are not. I'm sorry. As that mean? <laughs> no, you can say bitch. Yeah, you can. You can't call somebody a bitch. Sure, you can. You can. This is airing after the uh, FCC hours. You so still can't fine. call somebody a bitch, but that's okay. It's an NSFW. No, it has to be. No. Anyway, but so you're a little crybaby. If you weren't a crybaby, you would be respected more. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah. Shocking. I. By the way, Giannis grew, too, when he came into the league. Three inches. Yeah. He was 6'8", just two inches taller than you. I, I don't, I don't, it's not easy. Like, that's the thing. He thinks that he just sprints up and dunks. Not the Euro steps, the spins, the everything that he does. I mean, he has handles, too. Like, yeah. they're not insane, but he has handles. For a 6'11 player? For a 6'11 player, right. For a center. To be dribbling the way that he's dribbling, it's definitely not something that you see every day. There are two players that are that size that can move and get to the rim as well as Giannis, and it's Giannis and Anthony Davis. Right. There's no one else in the league like that right now. I mean, another thing is I'm sure Giannis wishes that he could flail in the paint and get 30 free throw attempts a game. Uh, yeah, but I, he doesn't want to do that. No, that's not his play style. Kyle, Corver Kyle Corver said, said yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the James, Milwaukee basketball hour that uh, he should start doing that more. And Giannis is basically like, well, no, why would I do that? I, I'm efficient and score the way that I score now. Why would I change right. what I do? The last two seasons, I was looking at Giannis's stats last night. He has upped his free or his field goal percentage on like a ton more usage and more shots per game. He's averaging. I want to say it's like 64% on two-point baskets. Sure, a lot of it's in the paint, but he works for those because they're double and triple teaming him in the paint. 
it's not like he has the the clear path to the paint that he had when he was younger because they really didn't respect him. That was the other stupid thing that Harden said is that oh I'm the only guy who's like really getting double teamed every play. Maybe da- no. Maybe maybe Damian Lillard, you know, after he drops like a 50, 60 point game, it's like okay, so we're not going to talk about the fact that teams just wallop on Giannis, right? Literally every time he's then in literally transition. Literally, the Eastern Conference has developed themselves to build a wall against Giannis. It's it's how you're taught to defend basketball. If they have a star player that takes over the game. You double team them and put as much you pressure on them as you can. Them. And James, they don't even double team you that much. No. They really don't. No. Eric Bledsoe himself shut you down. Oh, I love when Bledsoe guards him. He's six foot. You're six six. What's your excuse? If it's because Giannis he's so good because he's seven foot and can dunk on everyone, what's your excuse when you're being guarded by a six foot Eric Bledsoe? And you at six six cannot shoot over him. Cannot get past him. What's your excuse, James? This is a this is a message for James Harden. I just want to put this out there, James. I wish I could like you. You're one of the most skilled offensive players in NBA history. That step back three is nasty. You're a great volume shooter. You have an underrated ability to drive to the basket. You have a good passing ability, despite what Giannis said. You know he he was just having fun, whatever. Right. Yeah. But you don't play the game the right way. Nope. Now, sure, who am I, a 23-year-old, to talk to James Harden about how to play the game, quote-unquote, the right way? But you're not playing hard. You're playing for stats. You're playing like Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is notorious for stat chasing. Everyone, his, his big thing is scoring points and rebounding, obviously. So people were saying to him, you can't assist. You can't dish out passes. So what did he do? He went out and led the league in assists the next two seasons. Because he was chasing those stats. And James Harden does the same thing. He's chasing the MVP. He's not chasing a championship. He's not chasing playoff success. He's all about the individual success. And And he gets it by just not playing the game the right way. He's driving in. He's flailing. One thing that I don't like that Chris Middleton is doing, side note, he's jumping into defenders on pump fakes. I hate that. Yeah. But James Harden does that every time. Every time, like he he'll shoots. do the wrap around and get the guy, and then flail up, and he gets the the three po- the three shots. Which they're calling, you know, they're not calling it a shooting foul that much anymore. Yeah, you know, that rip through and you know, pump which is and all smart. That. But Harden smart. still gets it. You know, yeah. he still gets the call. But James, I wish I could like you, but you give me every single reason in the world to not like you. That there's that's... there's literally videos of PJ Tucker and. You know Austin Rivers. You can see it. as soon as they get the rebound because Harden's like one rebounder assist away from a triple double. You can literally see them like when the ball's dead, like apologizing, be like, and My that's bad, man. Harden's that's when like, he gives the most effort when he's that close, close. to a triple double right. or something. And that's all that he cares about. It's and I, I think that's what all this boils down to on James Harden's side is that he is not chasing a ring. He is chasing the individual awards that come in the NBA. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Vipers. <laughs> That cheered me up a little bit. He's he is chasing the MVP award, not rings. And when that gets taken from him by somebody who is chasing a ring and not the MVP award, in Giannis, he's obviously gonna get really salty about it. Because he's like, well, he doesn't think James Harden has this mentality. He doesn't think that he could do both. Mm-hmm. And then Giannis comes in, and he's doing both. 
He's leading his team. He's one of the most efficient players in NBA history and is playing like it mm-hmm. and is absolutely dominating the game of basketball while having a team that is 52 and 8, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 52 and 8. Now, this well, is this is a 53. 52. 50, 50, it's 52. 52, yeah, 52 today. Yep. So, this is a very small sample size. But let's do a last 24-hour check for these two. Oh boy. The Bucks played a noon game today Sunday against the Hornets, which by the way, hate hate Sunday afternoon games. Hate it. Yep. It's never good product on the court. It's when the Bucks have had some of their worst losses of the past few sure. seasons. Like it seems like every once once a year they play the Mavericks on like a Sunday at two in the afternoon and lose yeah, it every they, single time. They did last year on Martin Luther King Day. That we lost to the Hawks on a Sunday afternoon game. It sucks. But Giannis today without Chris Middleton put up forty one points, twenty rebounds, six assists, seventeen of twenty eight shooting, one for four from deep, but he did hit a couple of fadeaways late in the game. Six of seven from the free throw line, three turnovers. That's the thing too. Is Plus twenty two. Forty twenty five. Forty-one twenty had to. I know. Oh, he surpassed forty twenty-five. He was the first player, first Bucks player since Kareem, yeah. to have a forty twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And he had to today because nobody else can make a shot consistently. Now let's go to yesterday. The Houston Rockets played a tougher team in the Boston Celtics. James Harden, twenty-one points, four rebounds, eight assists. On 7 of 24 shooting, 4 for 17 from deep. So Giannis shot How many free throws? Yeah. 3 of 3. Oh, only 3. Only 3. Which that's probably a career low for him. Probably. So Giannis was 1 for 4 on 3-pointers today and shot better than James Harden did, who was 4 for 17. And 5 turnovers and 1 pair of pooped pants. That was interesting. That was I don't know. What to that make was that. something. He pooped his pants. He had to have. Uh, that's going to be the picture for this podcast. Okay. I think. I, I think saw, we should make that the picture of the podcast all, on social. All these rocket fans <laughs> saying that it was swamp ass or that like <laughs> something was like no. He maybe he didn't poop his pants. You got but that compression means, shorts on that underneath. Means, that no, means maybe. he must be the worst wiper <laughs> in the on the history face of the, of the earth. <laughs> but just to add on to this, I mean, do we want to bring up the Kemba quote too that he had about that? Well, I average more assists than him, so yeah. what's the joke? I'd rather it's, have quality assists than volume assists. It's something that I, I, I already said. It's the Wilt Chamberlain. Sure, he yep. gets his assist because he passes the ball to get the assist number. Yeah, Kemba doesn't have the ball. He doesn't move possession. the ball around at the same pace, at the same efficiency. James, yeah. James Harden does not give a damn about his teammates. And Giannis Well, that, is, might, that may be not be true, but he cares about himself first and foremost. Yep. Which is why it's good that he has Russell Westbrook as a running mate, because they're kind of the same thing. They play the exact same game. They do. It just and now the thing is, I like Russ a lot more than James. Right. And he's Russell Westbrook is having an underrated season as a number two. Mm-hmm. Without because he's showing threes. without because he, yeah he's not shooting at all. He's no. not shooting three those long three pointers that for whatever reason he thought he could and he's an still OKC. averaging like twenty three and eight. He's literally just. Playing a, you know, he's literally just being a center in a six foot, what, four body. Right, right. It's been, it, he's had a great season for them, and it's, it's definitely a change of pace that's nice because, well, Chris Paul wasn't going to put him over top either. Right. So I don't know. The Rockets are, 
There's just something else, man. Well, so guess what's going to happen? Round one, they're going to lose. Yep. You think let so? Me, let me see who they're sl- – because they're the number five right now. While you look that up, Giannis is still getting better. I mean, what is right. Harden, what is, how does Harden get better? James Harden is what, 28? James Harden can't he's, get better. Yeah. This he's is, in his prime. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing right now the best that we're ever going to see Giannis is Harden. literally just starting to bring out that fadeaway jumper, like literally the game after the All-Star break. Right. And he's, he's really starting to knock it down. James Harden is 28. 29. 29. He, he wait, I can't do math. Did you guys see uh, CJ McCollum's tweet on this? Yeah, I think he put it he's up perfectly. 30. Yeah, I got he it right did. here. If you want to, yeah, read it off. So CJ McCollum, who I really like, he's I like him a lot. Journalism guy wants to be a podcaster and all that. Wants to work in the media, except the fact that he's one of the most inconsistent offensive players of all time. Yeah, but he chimed in on this. I think the day of when Harden said it, he said, and I quote. I ain't rolling. Giannis can do everything but shoot, but he has skills. If it were easy, every 6'11 dude would be killing it. Eurostep, initiating the break, getting assists, Buddy putting up numbers and winning. Started off 6'10, 180. He worked on his game. Mm-hmm. I think that pretty much puts a bow on it. Right now, the Rockets are the number four seed. The Utah Jazz are the five seed. I think the Jazz beat them. I think the Jazz crush them. I, I, I'm very high on the Jazz. The Mike Conley thing has not worked out like I thought it was right, going to. I which thought is sad. I thought that was a perfect fit. Like Me you couldn't too. have gotten a better point guard for that, because he was like a better Ricky Rubio, who also was really good for them. I can't right. believe what Jordan Clarkson's doing for them off the bench. Yeah, yeah. he's having a great season. I mean, too. anything to get a little bit more offense to help uh, Donovan Mitchell. Which shout out Bojan or uh, Bogdan Bog? No, Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan, yep. He's the, the he's guy a jazz player. It's people, Bojan? I thought it was Boyan. It might, it's probably Boyan. Boyan. Yeah. Listen, it's been a long day. I don't know. I thought you guys. I thought that was like the actual pronunciation. No. No, it's the the white way to say Another it. reason to hate on Harden, too. Boyan's game winner mm-hmm. against the Rockets. Oh, yeah. A couple weeks ago. Sure enough. And that game, too. That was when they, like one of the first, second like game that they did the small ball lineup. They did pretty well in that game against Gobert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy, actually. But so, it's not going to get him a championship. I'm sorry. I guess we can. We've kind of set our piece on James Harden, that he's he's not in it for the the championships. I honestly don't think he'll ever get one. I'm gonna knock on wood. I feel like he missed his I don't, chance when CP3 the only got way that James Harden gets a championship is when he decides is that he he's not up. an individual player. He had so many good. You know, we missed it with that OKC team against the Miami Heat. Well, yeah, their best chance was um, that one. Chris Paul and getting injured. The uh, yeah, the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. Mm. I knew at that point that they were not like that Rockets team was not making it again. Yeah. Well, and also one more last note on James Harden and the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Giannis has kind of already proved that he can get it done in the playoffs. I mean, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. almost probably should have won and gone to the championship game. Championship series last year, the finals. I don't want to talk about it. Um, James Harden hasn't gotten to that point yet either. No. Because James Harden gets so used to that's a touchdown. Uh, James Harden gets so used to playing selfish basketball. Selfish basketball, but also the gimmicky basketball where he's mm-hmm. flailing, he's diving, he's doing whatever he can to get a, a call. And that doesn't get called in the playoffs. It doesn't get called in the playoffs. Because and they teams let are play. smart about it. They just they back off. and. Mm-hmm. If they do smack him a little bit, it's not enough to get a call, which is why 
he's struggled so bad in the playoffs. And Giannis, I mean, we saw his game elevate a little bit last year in the playoffs, and he's had his struggles. Right, he has, he has. But there's more hope for him to change that than there is for James Harden. You got to remember to change the narrative. Last year was just his third time in the playoffs. Right, the first time with an actual team. Right, and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. For fans in Milwaukee, yes, we were the best team in the entire league last year. But our expectations were win a series for the first time in almost 20 years. Anything else is kind of icing on the cake. Then, you know, your expectations change because they win the first two games of the Eastern Conference Finals, and you're thinking, oh, damn, this could be it. But realistically, all you needed from Giannis last year was to show that he could win a series, and he won two. This year, your expectation is to go all the way. But if you don't, guess what? Giannis is 25. It's not like his career is over. It's not like this is the best season or the best chance he'll ever have of making it to the NBA Finals with the Bucs. Agreed. You want to Paul Bart this thing, Evan? Yeah. So from one disappointing aspect to one that could end up being quite exciting for the fans of Wisconsin, we have some scouting NFL Combine. Everyone's favoritest week. That means so much. We're going to talk about it next. We're back on the Fan On Demand. It is Hef, Sam, and Dan on the Fan On Demand. That was a mouthful. But we're back with some Packers talk. It's about time. You know what? It's about time we talk some football. It's about damn time. We've never talked football on this show or on the station. No. That's a fact. That's 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 false. a joke. Uh, but it was the NFL Combine this week. Personally, I'm not a massive fan of it. Just because I, I think I think I think you can I mean, it's cool to talk football again, but. There's really not a massive amount. It's the perfect marriage between college football and the NFL. And I guess yeah, I'm not a big college guy. (sighs) Shout out Jonathan Taylor running a four four one four three nine. Oh, is that what it was officially? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. You know these Bucks Twitter accounts? They're crazy. It's a Photoshop of Bernie Sanders kissing Mayor Pete. God, that is... Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, how do you even say his name? Buttigieg or something? Buttigieg? 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 Whatever Bo- his name is. <laughs> Buttigieg. That was disgusting. <laughs> um, but it's about time. Now, I started my NFL mock drafts, or my just draft research, right after the Packers lost. How do you do that when you haven't even seen the combine? Do you want to know what I did? I literally just Googled NFL mock draft, and I just started reading some. Yeah. And I I learned some stuff. That's what you did? I learned some stuff. But it's time to start thinking, especially because free agency is closer. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made on players getting cut for salary cap reasons. Uh, Jimmy Graham. For for trades that might be happening leading up to the draft. Cough, cough, uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. He's not getting traded. What if they draft they Tua? They literally said that yesterday that he was not getting traded. So if they draft Tua, they're still like... So if they draft Tua, I'm basically just going to blow my brains out. And then they'll trade Stafford after that. After <laughs> next season. <laughs> so, but uh, it's, it's time to start talking. So I, I guess we want to know, who do the Packers retain? 
on free agency? Who do they, with the holes that they have, which inside linebacker, defensive line, offensive line, you could say, and just pass catchers on offense. Could be tight end, wide receiver. The Packers, Sam, you said that they have right around $20 million in cap space yep. for this next season. Where do you allocate that $20 million, and what do you look for in the draft? Who wants to start? I'll start. Wide receiver's a draft. You draft a wide receiver this year. How many? And uh, I agree with you. I would say two, early. Do you take one first round? Yes. Mm-hmm. Argon, maybe, maybe. If, if, if the right guy is there. There are there are prop this is the deepest wide receiving core ever. Ever in the combine. Yeah. In the combine's even history. The, even the twenty fourteen draft, like there it was deep, but nobody was expecting those guys this, to step up like they did. This is insane. There are so many players that have such high ceilings in this draft. Yeah. I quite honestly think Henry Ruggs is Tyreek Hill two Jerry Judy is very similar to Maybe Julio like a Jones. Julio, was, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because they both went to Alabama. They're, and they're JJs. Right. Uh, Denzel Mims is an athlete. He's a stud. Um, I mean, Jalen Rieger, his, he didn't have a great combine, but his tape is insane. Who is the um, guy from uh, uh, Colorado? Is it LaVisca Chenault? LaVisca Um, He's another guy. Again, didn't have a great combine. He was a loser from the combine, but... Uh, he he again. His tape is incredible. The guy the guy just makes catches. He's another big wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Justin um, Jefferson, LSU. Justin Jefferson, LSU. That's Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan, who doesn't have the film. Uh, mm-hmm. Not entirely his fault. Fault with just the god awful offenses he's had at yeah. Michigan. But that guy killed the combine. Um, Did you say Ceedee Lamb? Ceedee Lamb is another one from yeah. Oklahoma. I mean, this is just like. Top of the barrel. There is so much depth. It goes far beyond this as well. Tons and tons of very quality wide receivers, and not every team needs a wide receiver. And so this is where the Packers are going to have their chance to draft somebody either late in the first round that in a normal draft would be an early to mid first round pick, mm-hmm. and or in the second round of drafting somebody who would be a regular first round draft pick. There is a lot of depth, and I think a lot of them are going to go early because people are going to say, well, who's the best player available even at that early stage? And they're going to pick a wide receiver even if they don't necessarily need one. Because you, you can never have enough exactly. weapons. Exactly. And I'm just saying, if if the Packers do not draft Field a goal. wide receiver in the first two rounds, I would riot if I was a Packers fan. Because there is so much depth at the top of this draft. Now, the more and more that I read, the more and more that I start to wonder if we should not draft. Well, I shouldn't say we. The Packers should not draft a receiver first round. And I'm I'm okay with that as long as you dedicate a second round pick to one. Or you trade up. Or you trade up in the second round. Right. If you, yeah, I agree with you. If you leave leave the, the first round or two of the draft without a receiver. Could even be one of the, like, well, this is a pretty weak tight end class, isn't this it? This is one of the weakest tight end classes in years. If you don't leave with a wide receiver after two rounds, you can question some of the things that Gudikins is doing. And you better trust and hope that he has a deal with Emmanuel Sanders and a trade lineup for Odell Beckham or something like that. Like, right. Because otherwise it's, it's inexcusable. There, now, yeah. this will be, if I had to guess, the Packers so... Just running through their draft picks, they have a first through fifth round pick. Everything's normal there. They have two sixth round picks, 
and three, three seventh, seventh round picks. I mean, those don't really have a lot of value. Just stupid. Right. But if you don't leave the first five rounds with two offensive weapons, one of them could even be a running back with the way that the, the Packers like to use a right. three running back system. If you don't leave with two offensive playmakers in the first five rounds, something's wrong. Right. They, now, there are other holes the Packers could fill. Like, we could find a good value on an offensive lineman. Or, or a defensive lineman. Or, you, or you, get, you get your inside linebacker. Excuse me, inside linebacker that you really like in the fourth round after you already took, you know, a receiver, offensive lineman, and another right. offensive lineman See, or something. I think the offensive line class is relatively deep as well. It's not insane like it is for the wide receivers, which is mm-hmm. the deepest in decades. But um no, I I think that I would be okay for the Packers. If I was a Packers fan, I'd be okay with an offensive line pick in the three, third, fourth, fifth round. I don't want to waste a first-round pick on that. I agree. Uh, because Billy Turner is athletic enough where he can play tackle. He played tackle with the Broncos. Uh, and he was on the interior of the offensive line this year. And 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 if, for whatever reason, Brian Bulaga does not return to Green Bay this year. It's looking like he will not be back. And you're right, it does. But I am more confident with putting in a third, fourth, fifth-round offensive lineman pick in there than – a fourth or fifth round wide receiver, which we've seen over the years with Green Bay. Right. What has happened with well, their and, fourth and fifth round wide receivers. And the Packers have developed some really good fourth and fifth round offensive line offense. in the past. Like, like Bakhtiari was a fourth rounder, I, I believe, believe or so. fifth. Corey Lindsley, a fourth rounder. They hit on Elton uh, Jenkins last year. Right. At, in this, that was a second, second round, round right? pick. Right. That was a fantastic pick. That was probably the pick of the draft at this point for the Packers. Honestly. Hopefully. Darnell Savage continues like he had a really good first couple of weeks and then kind of dropped off. And don't give up on my boy Rashawn Gary. He, I I liked what I saw from him this year. Don't give up on him. That's I, what I'm just saying. I uh. really liked what I saw in the limited amount that we got to see him. But the last time the Packers drafted a first round uh, offensive lineman, it was uh, Derek Sherrod, I believe. Right. I can go check real quick. But... It was either that or Brian Balaga. Brian Balaga worked out. Right. But Derek Sherrod did not. And I, I always get nervous about picking offensive linemen that high. I don't think it's a good idea. I think drafting a defensive lineman up there is a pretty good idea. That's where we got Kenny Clark. Um, yep, he was a first-rounder. So, basically for me, there are three positions that the Packers should use on their first-round pick. Wide receiver, um, inside linebacker, and defensive line. If it's outside of those three in the first round, even if they pick quarterback, I would be furious. They're not going to take quarterback. I'm sorry, it, but they're just not. If like, Love falls. If Jordan Love is there, they're going to take him. Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling you. If Jordan Love is there, they're going to take Jordan Love. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be there. I don't, I, think, I don't think he makes it past like 18. I think he's not making it past 15. But okay. I think he's a top 15, top 16 pick. He had a really good combine. So. But people were saying that about Aaron Rodgers. That's true. He lasted. That's the, that's the kind of guy. I mean, it comes down to a point where if your guy falls to you at the quarterback position, you have to take him. And that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure people weren't thrilled about it when Packers drafted him. Brett sure as hell wasn't. Right. And, I mean, that's going to be the exact same thing that happens here with Jordan Love. If For whatever reason, he falls that far. And that's a gift to Green Bay if that happens. So, 
Honestly, I hope that if that happens, the Packers don't and the Lions pick him in the second round. But that's just well. That was going to answer my next question: <laughs> Should the Packers draft a quarterback at all early, um, or at all even? No. Right. I don't think they do. This I, isn't the this isn't the class this, to draft a well, quarterback. This isn't. It's not the year. That's sending the wrong message to your team, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because one year after the the right, you make NFC the NFC Championship, championship game. game. You know you, what you're doing is you're tooling yourselves to make the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what every team we, is doing, we, but the Packers especially, because you are running out of years of Aaron Rodgers' quality football. Despite the obvious struggles that were on the field, you showed that you're only a couple of playmakers away on offense and defense from being the team. And that is why you have to fill the positions of need that are on your roster right now. You have to have the perfect roster to make the Super Bowl. It shouldn't be and a best player available. It should be a best player at, at a this position, position of need. And. I don't see I don't see how there's not a wide receiver there for them at that spot. I think Justin Jefferson's right. going to be there. I like, like Justin Jefferson a lot. There's three four guys that, you know, one's Judy and Rugs and all these CD Lamb yeah. are out of the way. Once all them are off, it's like there's three four guys that are still going to be there at the bottom, at the end of the first. I I think that they need that slot guy, that quick slot guy. I mean, if Henry Ruggs is there, obviously Henry Ruggs, but I don't well, yeah, think he I will mean, be. You can get any of those out um, wide receivers there. Yeah, uh, that's that's just my opinion. I think they got to get a quick, a, a Randall Cobb replacement. Right, that's what they need. They need a Tyree Kill. They don't have that kind of speed, and that's what they've been saying all along is that the Packers need speed. Well, yeah, because the Packers, their entire entire wide receiver core are these dudes who are six four, six five, and not very fast, and they're possession guys, mm-hmm. which it's good to have. But then when your possession guys don't catch the ball. Cough, cough, Geronimo Allison. If you don't catch the damn ball, you can't be good at your job as a position or a, at a, a, a possessions right. receiver. Right. So I'm all for speed. I don't think they should have let Randall Cobb go in the first place. So ideal scenario for the Packers, Henry Rugg somehow falls to them in the first round. And this, this mock draft has him going eighth to the Cardinals. Yeah. Yikes, that high? That's yeah. crazy. I mean, that um, 40 and then third stock. round Chase Claypool because that dude is ridiculous. He's a Notre Dame wide receiver and has similar size and speed to Calvin Johnson and oh. Julio Jones, and he's not oh. projected near the first round. Oh, because he doesn't have the production that people want in college. He, I don't care. Yeah. Notre Dame sucks. Like literally, this dude is insane. He he probably had the best combine out of anybody in the NFL this year. Okay. And like the tape isn't nece- the tape is isn't necessarily like gonna blow your socks off. Yeah. But I think he's a development guy where like he could be like Kenny Galladay God, style. We don't need a development guy though. But but it's but we're not saying right away player. I'm saying this is a fourth rounder. That plays in like the number four slot this year. That you hope next year's the number three. So okay. he's like somebody that if you did take somebody in the first or second round at wide receiver, that if he also falls to you there, right, then you're coming away with two right. Then really you're coming up quality. with two quality wide yeah. receivers, right? Okay, that's that's where I'm leaning there. Because if you can have fourth, fourth, fifth round, that you're not looking at necessarily people that are going to contribute extremely well this season. Now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that changes, and you'll find like one or two players every year will f- will find their way into starting lineups and be studs there from mm-hmm. the fourth and fifth round. But usually, it's not it's not a common occurrence. I guess is the best way of putting it. Fair. So you want to draft somebody for the future in those rounds. Now, I don't think that he makes it this far in the draft, but you know who I would like in, in like the sixth round. Who's that? 
Quintez Cephas. I know it goes against everything that I said because he's not a fast receiver. He's a strong, bulky kind of guy. But he's going to block for you. That's what, that's what Matt LaFleur liked. Give me Quintez. Do you take him and maybe like, well, what, I don't know where he's slated to draft right now. Probably, what, like fourth round? I, I honestly don't know. I don't know where he's going to go now. Oh, okay. yes, he, like fourth, fifth round. He killed the bench press, but then everything his 40 else was time was garbage. It was like a 4-7. It was a 4-7, yeah. That's awful. That's like tight end speed. Aaron Rodgers literally Almost. ran that at his combine. Yeah, it's not great. That's not good. Um. Anyway. Offensive line is also obviously in need, and they really need a run stopper in the middle, um, mm-hmm. whether that be on a defensive line slate or at an inside linebacker position that can do a little bit of everything. Do you know who I think? Now, can we switch, or do you have more on the draft? Or no, can we switch fine. to free agency? Switch to free agency. That's good. The one guy that I want the Packers to get, besides Austin Hooper, I don't know if we're going to have the money for him. Give me Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears. Okay. He's a free agent. I think that he's a better productive player than, or a better player than Blake Martinez. And he's not oh, going to yeah. eat money either. No. He's not going to be commanding $10 million a year. No. And that gives you the opportunity to re-sign Aaron Jones, which I think should have been done yesterday. But <laughs> Yeah. So that's, And that gives you money to maybe play around with the idea of bringing back Brian Balaga. For a year or two. Right. Or, I don't know, keeping Lane Johnson or something. This guy's going to cost a little more, but what would you guys Lane think? Lane Taylor. Corey Littleton. Sorry. I, the... I get Lane Johnson and Lane Taylor switched <laughs> all the time. They're both offensive linemen. Right. You're Just okay. one's really good for the Eagles. Right. The other one. Is okay. Yeah, he's okay. So anyway, what were we saying? Continue. No, I'm saying, you know, this guy will cost you a little more, but at linebacker, what would you guys think of Corey Littleton? It's another guy. In the middle. Okay. Because I middle. think he's... What really separates him from the other free agent linebackers is his pass coverage. Right. He it's but saying in pass coverage. I mean, everybody was knocking on the Packers this year for not having a run stuffer in the middle outside of yeah. Kenny Clark. And I think that's kind of where uh people are worried but here. I think what you have to realize though is that one guy's not gonna fix this. You have to bring in whether it be draft picks, well you're you're couple correct. for a couple free agent mm-hmm. linebackers. It's not I mean, I'm not just saying like Littleton's gonna be if he come if we get him, you know, boom, we're right back to being an elite defense, but Right. I I think ideal scenario they they have to get a tight end in free agency. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, give me Hooper. I, I would be mad if they drafted a tight end. But the thing is there's no tight end depth. The tight end class is just not good this year. Um and if they lose out on their guy early, they're not going to get anybody, I don't think. Honestly, you know I, what I'd be okay with too is if they didn't get a free agent or, or draft another tight end, I'd be going okay with like just going more a bigger wide receiver set. Right. And just and that's, only bringing the tight end. That's really kind of where Chase Claypool, like I said, comes in in the draft. You can almost play him as a tight end because he's big enough to, I feel to like, fit there. I feel like we're sleeping on Jay Sternberger, though. You're right. Jace is, is yeah, somebody I we like haven't it. seen much I of. just don't want to put all my chips in yet because I – what I saw in those last three games, the blocking I really liked about Sternberg. Yeah. But I just don't know what to expect from him from pass coverage, what he can do to step up. Fair. I also think that they bring back Mercedes Lewis again. I hope they do. I, that It's funny because last year before the season when we brought him back, everyone's like, what? Why? Why would you do that? And then he played his ass off and was phenomenal throughout the entire year. And now it's like, okay, yeah, bring him back. We want him. I want him. Rodgers has his back, so. Yeah. That's all you. I mean, that's all the you biggest really vote of confidence you can have. Yeah. So I guess tight end free agency, probably uh, a receiver one. free agency, a receiver and a, a pass catcher in some way in free agency. That's yes. Um, I, because you can't rely on rookie 
receivers right away. You need an offensive lineman part. probably in the mid rounds of the draft. Yep. Give me like a third rounder. Uh inside linebacker from free agency. At least and one or the draft. At least one, probably two wide receivers from the draft. You have to take two, especially if you have five late round picks. Take a flyer on someone. And, and honestly, there's still going to be guys there in the sixth, seventh round. Aaron which is Jones where was a fifth be. round pick. Right. There might even be like a camp invite. Right. You know, it somehow Donald Driver it was an undrafted free agent. Yep. There, there are pieces that you can sign, especially in the wide receiver position. Look at Adam Thielen for the Vikings. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the one position though that I want them to, I don't know how they do this, and we kind of touched on it before, but. I think they have to get help at defensive line around Kenny Clark. Yeah, I agree. Lowry and Lancaster, those are the guys that you should be bringing in on your second. You know, your, those should be your rotation guys. Yeah, and they'd Lowry, be great rotation guys. Lowry did not play up to his extension no, sign this not. year. Absolutely not. He was terrible comparatively to what they were paying. He right. was not good. So I really hope that they somehow find help for Kenny Clark. My biggest question is, and something that I wonder, and that what I sense. haven't figured out yet is Rashawn Gary is – yeah. Not known for pass rush. He's more of a run stopper. Mm-hmm. And so I don't get why they don't just put him in the middle that's next what I'm to saying. Kenny Clark. Like, he doesn't have that many moves, too. Like He's so, a bull rush guy. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. You know? I, I doubt, that just seems like it makes too much sense to me, but I get that they want to develop him in the outside linebacker yeah. edge position. Kind of be that rotation but, guy for Smith. But if, if for the time being, if he has to be an def- interior defensive lineman, I'm pretty sure that he would do pretty well there. Yeah. Better than Lowry and Lancaster at the very least. Absolutely. Do I like that they spent the 12th overall pick on Rashawn Gary? They're probably their last chance at a high draft pick in a while, hopefully. hopefully on Rash- probably on a, their last high draft pick in the Aaron Rodgers era. Yeah. Hopefully. On a prospect like Rashawn Gary, do I like they did that? No. no. I didn't want a project guy. But do I hate him as much as uh, the amount of people that call into our shows hate Rashawn Gary? Absolutely no. not, because you can't call a guy a bust after one season. Absolutely not. Unless it's like Jamarcus Russell or something. He In the the little glimpses that we saw of Rashawn Gary, there were some, some bad, but he also showed some really, really good things. Watch him come back next season and be an absolute beast. The coaches wanted we'll him. The coaches had great stuff to say about him before they drafted him. You got the Smiths to help you know mentor you. That's really all you can ask for. Yeah. There's a lot of hope there. It's for on sure. him. If if he doesn't pan out, that's on him because he had all the tools around him. Well, but that was the knock on him coming out of high school and in college, in college. Know, was but, his motor, um, right? Yep. I don't know. We'll see. Should be. A It'll be an interesting off season for sure, and an interesting couple of weeks because we are what maybe a month away from the draft, well, roughly. La- draft is in late April, so okay, we're in so early March. Months. So it's like two months. But we're gonna get a lot of free agent rumors, some trade right. rumors, oh, some I can't, wait. I can't wait for free some agency. individual workouts. We're about to enter a fun period of sports, and we're gonna be with you all the way, all the way on this through. podcast. Have Sam and Dan on the fan, and. Anytime, anywhere on the radio.com. I was trying to think of a really good Paul Blart. I couldn't think of one. But it's time for us to just move on and stop talking because we've been talking for a long time. And let's get to our favorite moments on the fan from this week right after this. I'm so bad at transitions. Oh, yeah. I got to pee. Yeah. Hi, I'm John Waters, and this is The Creep. When you're out at a club and you see a fly girl, do the creep. Welcome back 
Dev, Sam, and Dan on the fan. I'm Dan Flucker, executive producer of the Wendy's Big Show, alongside Evan Heffelfinger, the what associate up? producer of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network, and then the Taysom Hill of our radio station, Sam Schmitz. Of 105.7 FM. The fan, a radio.com sports station. Hey, there he is. His signature hey. And... It's instantly uh, becoming a classic thing. You know who would have loved that? Anthony Mandela. The man himself, Anthony Mandela. So, anyway. Sam, Sam, I think you're hosting next week. All right. That's right. Because we, we rotate, you know, to be fair, so that no one gets a hot head. Because Lord knows I have a hot head well, and an ego the size of Wisconsin. You know who else has an ego the size of Wisconsin? Bill? This guy named, uh, let's just name him Bill Winifred. Um, so Winifred from uh, from Win Lake decides that he's going to come in several times over uh, the span of this week as we enter now our favorite segment on the fan on demand podcast. This one, half Sam and Dan, where uh, episode ten, episode ten, we we've, we've reached the, a decade mark. We did. I'm so happy. Double digits, baby. And uh, this man came in four times within the span of a week looking for one Leroy Butler, who was not here because he was on a cruise. And uh, he is convinced that he helps Green Bay Packers players get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Cause because he had, uh, who was it? It was Kramer, right? Jerry, Jerry Kramer. Kramer. He said that he helped get Jerry Kramer in the Hall of Fame, which is a load of BS. And uh, now he's his next mission is Leroy. And he runs a Facebook page that has 200 likes. Yep. So he thinks he's a big deal. So he did a celebration on the 29th, ran his own party for Leroy Butler, apparently to try to get, on Leap Day, of course, to try to get uh, more voters for Leroy into the Hall of Fame. This guy clearly doesn't know how the Hall of Fame process works. Yeah. It's a fan vote, a committee, and then a committee. And... uh, this man thinks that it's fan vote all the way through, which is just sad. Anyway, he's very creepy, very stalkery, somehow knows what kind of car Leroy drives and knows that Leroy has multiple cars, told me that I should give him Leroy Butler's phone number. No. Uh, no. And then uh, also told me that I should give his phone number to Leroy, which no. also was not happening. Um, and yeah, I had to deal with him three times in the span of the week, but I was saved the fourth time. By my cohorts, uh, cohorts, I should say, on uh, sometimes cohorts, I guess you could say, uh, on the Wendy's Big Show. And that is the clip that you're about to hear. It's time for the Chevy drive home moment of the Big Show. Well, there's a guy outside with like full Packer gear on. And as I pull it in, hey, Leroy! Hey, Leroy! I mean, you guys do look alike, right? I mean, you see him right there in the van? You see him? Full Packer gear, him and somebody else. They got it all backed in. They got about 10 footballs in the window. I mean, I don't know. They got bags. They got bags. They got, like, plastic bags from pick and save. (laughs) Because, you know, we all look alike. I just throw the hand (laughs) Right here. Thanks, guys. And then then the other day, you know what he said? Hey, Coops! Oh, no. Darcy! Right. What's up? <laughs> just wave. <laughs> just throw it up. Just throw it up, just cause throw it up. I yeah, gotta go do it. So, so I'm, I don't we're know. Here. You sure? 
You sure you're not going to be here? So, uh, if Dan Plucker, if that's the same individual, uh, so my man has been coming for the last, like, week and a half. Oh, this guy here? Trying to find Leroy Butler and waiting for Leroy Butler. Really? And, and like, shows up right at 2 o'clock. If you listen to the Wendy's Big Show, you know that's not the time to catch Leroy Butler. No, sure is. I mean, like, if you're going to come in and sure, catch yeah, Leroy, you got to come right. in at, like, 348 or so. Right, but, right. yeah, no, uh, waiting for Leroy, but uh, he's... Yeah, he's got, him, see him got him back then. He's got oh, him back then. Oh, yeah, he's in. ready to rock and roll, man. Doors open. In. He's got the door open. Waiting to pounce. He's okay, now he's closing star. the door up. Now he, now he I just mean, he's probably us. listening to us right now. Yeah, I mean, he if probably you, just If you want to know what Leroy is, you probably... Yeah, he's, he's pulling out. He's thinking... Out. He heard us. <laughs> he heard us. He's pulling out. He probably just he think to himself, us. man, that wasn't Leroy? Yeah, no, he heard us. That really wasn't Leroy. Uh-huh. Let's see if nope. we can navigate yeah. his turn here. Oh, he's, oh, he's, uh, uh, oh, he's wheeling it over by the barricade. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Let's see. Yeah. He's taking oh, one he, last yeah. look. Oh, yeah. Rolling the window. Waving. There he is. He's yeah, waving. now he's, he's, he's waving to, to us. us. He's there he goes. He's us. listening to us. We he like heard, you, man. Yeah. So Leroy's Good not stuff. here. Leroy is not here uh, today. Leroy's no doubt about it. Okay, pull on out, buddy. There you go. There it is. Your drive home today on the fan was driven by WisconsinDrivesChevy.com. Let me just say, I've worked on the Bill Michaels show for like five months now as an actual like employee. I'm so glad that we don't have fans like that. Yeah, that's the unique part of working with two former athletes. Um, and a megastar and, in Leroy Butler. Right, Leroy, Leroy's a megastar. Um, is that we sometimes randomly just get different people come in that think that they're very close with Leroy after meeting him like once. Because Leroy's just that kind of guy, and he's he's a nice guy for sure. And like he'll he'll, he'll he probably honestly told this dude that he would give him autographs. I, I believe and it hundred percent. Because I think Leroy is a a moderator of that page. Is he really? Okay, I did not realize I that. I think. Um, but to to be fair, Leroy probably did promise him some stuff. Um, but sometimes you know, life of a superstar gets in the way. Yeah, he's Leroy on the Packers forgets. Legends cruise, right? Like. You know that that takes that takes precedent over signing a couple autographs for a dude with right. 200 Facebook followers. Right. Anyway, so we're moving on to the number two clip. Paul Blart. This is something yes that I think Sam. Do you know what he's doing right now? I love he's it. he's overusing it so yeah. that so that we get tired of it. I can 100% guarantee you that's what's going on right now. I'll never get tired but the, of it. But that's the exact thing. I will never get tired of it. I'm so this this I'm plan is just going to backfire. Man. It's just everyone else is going to hate us. That's just going to make the show better. Everyone else is going to hate us for using it. What? But, all right. So anyway, Paul Blart, the second clip, every week on the show, we have probably, what, five to ten clips that are just a little bit too short for us to, like, really put into this segment because it's really, you know, it's not a clip. It's like a little bit of a soundbite. Like, we call it a drop. Right. So, like, if you listen to the big show, you hear the huh button. That's, that's a drop. That's a drop. And a lot of these are the same thing. It's like just like a quick little hit. So we decided, and I think it's something that we probably will end up doing every week because we get so many of these. Right. We mix down our favorite drops of the week, including Bill Baby Tao Schmid, Gary Ellerson, Bill Michaels. And your boy. And Mike McGivern. Big time Mike McGivern. And we put it to a, a friendly little tune that everybody knows, and you're going to love listening to it it's got a lot to do with moms bill michael show we are on the air our friends over there at quick trip reminding you they got chicken they got fried chicken now come on over here Can you hold this hold, hold, hold it up for you 
Cole is right here, and I want to stick this thing in there. That'll make you do funny things to yourself. That's just, uh, that's so good. I don't know how you guys do your kids. That they were pressing up against the playcock. So I'm bringing in moms. Those are bloodlines what you're getting. Yeah, that, that's from your mom. You get mama that, you get that from your mom. No doubt about it. Because you, you came in both ways, right? Yeah, it's a little Dr. Phil, but that's okay. Man, we are just really good producers, aren't we? Yeah, that's that why was we hilarious. have our jobs. And it, I feel like it's there's an untapped market, literally just for us, but like... We have so many good clips. I mean, all three of us, we've been here for like close to a year. I guess close to a year. Close to a year now, yeah. And especially with internships, we've been here like two years. We have so many clips like that saved, or those clips. Mm -hmm. Just these little one-off drops that we don't use. And now we have a space for them on the Hef Sam and Dam podcast on demand on thefan.com. There you go. It's a dream come true. It really is. I I could not be happier. I'm standing up in my seat right now. Well, I'm standing, standing up, on up the, in your seat. I'm standing up out of my seat on the ground in front of this microphone right I now. I wish you were standing on the seat. I think that'd be a little more entertaining. <laughs> I wonder if Bet. the mic can get up there. I don't know if the mic can reach All right, that he's going to try it. Let's, let's... Actually, it's on wheels. I'm, yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea. I'm not as agile as I used we to. Don't, um, we don't but have the insurance of benefits. You know who is yet. agile? For the, for, the, for, the, for the sake of comedy. Mm-hmm. Evan, you always tell me one thing. What is the most hilarious thing when it comes to anything in the world of comedy? It's a it's a rule that I've learned from my friends when we play Jackbox. I know you've played Jackbox. Yes. I don't know if you're Jackbox uh, games I, on PlayStation it's just like 4. I have not. Fun little party games. I think I know the, what you're about. The though. general yeah. rule of male comedy is poo poo caca ha ha funny poo poo pee pee funny. Just something like that or poo poo caca pee pee ha ha funny. That's right. Right. And <laughs> It's the number one moment on the fan this week. It's Chuck talking about his pee-pee. <laughs> they can hit the 50-win total with a victory tonight. And it's not even March. 50 wins tonight. They can get it. They're able to get this job done tonight. And I'll tell you what, if you want to get the job done with your lady in the bedroom, BlueChew.com <laughs> is the way to go. You could take her to an unbeaten season, I, man. I'll give you credit for that one. I well, think yep. yesterday you had a transition that was, well, uh, sex is like a sport. Well, it is. You get all sweaty, don't you? You get Not your heart the way pumping. I do it. <laughs> you get your heart pumping. You know. Not when you put a sheet over your body. <laughs> Come on now, I. You, don't don't be don't, don't be talking to me that way. I'm you ashamed of my body. You don't do that. Come on. You, you're talking about it. You, you say on one hand you rip on yourself and you say how bad you are, but then you're telling me yesterday you're 86 percent chance Radio Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, I'm not getting in based on my sex. Okay, but so you're saying bad at sex. But you're good in everything else. All right. Well, BlueChew.com uh, is there to help. Don't ask anyone, though. No, no in-person in doctor visits with BlueChew.com. None of those awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Everything is done online with a physician consultant. Uh, they're going to go back and forth with you. They're going to ask you some questions. You'll answer them honestly. And then they will prescribe you online quickly. And they will ship these chewables right to your door in discreet packaging. These chewables have the same active ingredients as Viagra and CL, so it's going to get the job done for you. Chewables, from, so you don't have to do any injections on your, on your, um, pee-pee. On your pee-pee, yes. That's my word. You know, you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be putting a needle in your pee-pee. That's not, that's never any fun. Take the chewable. <laughs> that's about, what would I rather do? What would I rather do? Stick a needle in my pee-pee or have some chewables from BlueChew.com. What the? Yes. Horvath, what would you rather do? Uh, well, 
Um, you got your peepee there, or you got a chewable in your hand. Yeah, you I don't put a needle in it. No I, way. No, no, Ooh, that's that's painful. So that's the beautiful thing about being with one sex. woman the rest of my yeah. life is I never have to have the needle in my peepee again. Never, not at all. College uh, though. Ooh. The, you, you dealt with the needle? Never mind. What? Chewables that's how from, you get tested. Chewables from BlueChew.com. Swab though. I mean, you know it's good when you got Bart <laughs> laughing like that. That's I love Bart's laugh. I love so much. Bart's laugh. It's so contagious. <laughs> It's like Billy's. Billy's is contagious too. Some people like hate Billy's laugh. No. I always laugh whenever Billy laughs because I also think it's really funny. Well, but my my favorite part of all of this is Chuck. Just he doesn't know. He doesn't. There's something now, this that doesn't time, click. This in his time brain. I think he got it. Right. I think so. But but this was just a glorious clip. Another number one from Chuck and Winkler. We should keep a tally of uh, how many times. Oh, we should. Yeah. Th- these guys starting starting on episode eleven. Now that we're in the decades. Yep. Um, we are going to start keeping a tally of who is the number one uh, person on the week, and they're all going to earn points. And whoever reaches whatever point will okay. be our first guest or yeah, something like, crisp like that. Crisp high five. A crisp high five. Or we'll just we'll tell them and be like, this happened. And they'll be like, I don't care who are you. Get the <laughs> hell away from me. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's, that's, that's how this basically goes. But uh, anybody that doesn't listen to our podcast, I'm pretty sure is just a dumbass. And... You know, that's the one thing. If if there's anything that we've been preaching over these last 10 episodes, just don't be a dumbass. Just don't be a dumbass, Milwaukee. Come on, Come on Milwaukee. What, uh, what, just... are they, what are they saying oh. in uh, Canada? Peace suit. Peace suit. <laughs> don't be a dumbass. Have you seen the Kroll show on Comedy no. Central? I'll show you a clip after Peace this episode. Suit. I love it. You're a dumbass for not knowing. All right. Don't be a dumbass. Don't be a dumbass. All, All right. right. Let me do Time for us to go. It's your show. The Bill Mike. I know. Hit us with it. All right. Time for us to go. Have a good one. Bye.